Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Amen. Amen. I'd ask if you would remain standing. Come on, just lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on. We're going to pray. Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, we honor you, God. We honor your Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray, God, that you would have your way. Father, less of us and more of you, God. I pray, Lord, that we would decrease and your spirit would increase, Father. We pray your truth, Lord, will set each and every one of us free, God. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a big praise. Come on, you're welcome to be seated. We appreciate all of you being with us. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you. Um, before, I, before I get into uh, to the message tonight, I do want to acknowledge and honor our senior pastors, uh, Pastor Omar, Sister Letty. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. But I do want to honor them. They're, our, they're my, spiritual, my spiritual parents, my, my wife and I, and we just have so much love and admiration for them. Uh, they're, they're in uh, Denver, Colorado. So any, anybody that's here for your very first time, uh, our senior pastors are, are away and they're ministering right now. Uh, in Colorado at a conference, and so I would ask you two things. Number one, pray for our pastors as they're away, that, they, that they're refreshed, and then secondly, that God would just use them to minister uh, as they're, as, as they're uh, obedient uh, to, to the Lord, and so uh, I want to honor, uh, honor our senior pastors. I also want to honor the leadership, uh, our, our leadership, that allows uh, our pastors to be able to go and minister and take uh, some of these invitations that they're able to take because of relationships and things like that. So I want to honor our leadership team. And uh, thank you so much uh, for doing what you do. Those that lead teams, those that, those that lead connect groups. Come on, how many of you guys appreciate your connect group leaders? Yeah. Vital, vital to, what, uh, to what, what, we, what we do here at this church. And uh, I just, just honor them so much. And lastly, uh, uh, last but not least, I want to honor uh, my beautiful wife. Uh, I thank her so much for... For putting up with me, and I, I also want to honor my children um, as well. Uh, yeah, so so uh, uh, you know, um, life as a pastor's kid is uh, is challenging. I, I know that I live that, and so uh, my my eldest or not my eldest daughter, but Madison's here, my 16 year old, and uh, I saw Bub running around on 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 the mover uh, or the roamer. I'm sorry, uh, but appreciate my my children and. Uh, and uh, them being patient with me uh, while I balance uh, work, work life, uh, ministry, and all that, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I want to honor my family uh, tonight. So appreciate, appreciate them, appreciate uh, their prayer and uh, their support as well. So uh, tonight I, I'm going to continue in our, in our sermon series on Born Identity. You guys been enjoying that? I think Pastor Omar on Sunday uh, absolutely crushed it. Uh, on, on identity, and tonight I want, um, the, the title of my message is Identified, uh, and, and I, I want to look at how are we identified in our lives. I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was understanding this, that uh, each and every one of us, whether you know it or not, uh, people identify you in a certain way. Did you know that? Uh, maybe you didn't know that, but, but uh, uh, you know, maybe don't do this right now, um, but maybe if you're courageous enough, you could ask maybe those that are closest to you uh, and ask them, hey, what, what do you, how do you identify me? Am I identified as one that is patient? Am I, do you identify me as one that's, uh, you know, whatever, right? Just fill in the blanks. But, uh, but really, I want to I talk to us about how we could be, uh, how we could be identified 
in what, in what we do. And so we've been talking about this Born Identity uh, sermon series and this thought. And the central thought is that uh, most of us, uh, most of us uh, um, the, battles, the battles that each and every one of us are facing reveal our identity or what we believe to be true about our identity. It's like this inner turmoil that is wrestling uh, back and forth. The Bible even talks about that. And so, um, and so we don't truly know who, uh, who we really are, and we struggle, uh, we struggle to live confidently from a place that we aspire to be, right? We all aspire to be a certain way, and then the reality of who, who we actually are. You guys following me? So there's, there's a gap between who I want to be and, uh, and then who I am today, and we're all there, okay? We all have that gap, okay? I just want to make that clear. I have a gap. Uh, I aspire to be this person, and there's a gap that I'm trying to fill, and so how do, we, how do we live with that tension and how do we move through, uh, how, how do we move through these things? So the first question that you have to ask yourself uh, is, is, are you living in Christ? Uh, are you living in Christ or are you living in crisis? Uh, how, how, do we, how do we identify and is our identity wrapped up in our crisis? Now, all of us are going through things in our life. I understand that we understand that there's ebbs and flows in each and every one of our lives. But are we being, are we allowing our identity to be drawn by our crisis or what we've gone through and things like that? And I believe that Pastor Omar has really talked about this well in our sermon series. Now, many of you have heard this term about identity crisis, yes? Uh, we, all, we all know that and that's familiar. And, uh, and really what, what this identity crisis is, it's this struggle from, uh, again, we aspire to be a certain way, uh, but, but the reality is that we are who, who we are today. And so this creates this tension in our lives that we, we desire to be one way. And uh, uh, unfortunately, in, in some cases, uh, we're, not, we're not living uh, according to what God has called us to live. Are, are you guys with me so far? Okay, so, so our, our new identity... We no longer identify in the old way. If you're in Christ, okay, so if you're a believer in the house, uh, you've been given a new identity, yes? And how many of us are thankful for that? We no longer are the person that we were before, but we're now made new in Christ. And so m- many of us, we struggle with this stepping into this newness or this new identity. So as believers, we've been given a new identity, and we call this identity to be a, a, an identity in Christ. And so, so here it is. Um, uh, and I said this, that many of us are experiencing, um, many of us are, are not necessarily experiencing a life that is the fullness in Christ. Uh, instead, we're living in crisis. Now, I, I want to show a picture of, of, uh, of, of a people group that is living in crisis. Can you guys put that, that picture up real quick? Okay, so um, you may or may not know what this is. I've just learned this recently. Uh, but this picture is a picture of a furry. Anybody know what a furry is? I hear like some people laughing. Some of you know what this is. But a furry is, is, a, is a normal person, okay, just like you and I, but they identify as a creature, okay? And so they manifest what they believe to be true. They believe that like, hey, I have this inclination or, or these, these, uh, these characteristics of this mythical creature. And what they do on their spare time is they dress up as a furry. This is what, what furry is. Now, this is a real thing. Uh, it's, it's in our society. And if you're not aware of it, that's probably a good thing, but uh, this is this reality. So, so would you agree that this is someone that's living not in Christ, but in crisis, right? Uh, they, 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 need, they, they need some help, and, uh, uh, right? And, 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 and uh, that, that's important. So you could, you could put that down. 
So really, my, my question tonight to you is, uh, what are the elements of a positive identification? We're talking about how am I identified? So uh, these folks, the furries, they, they identify as a mythical creature, so they dress up to be that mythical creature. They, they want to look like it. They want to act like it. I even saw one, that, uh, one lady, I think someone preached about this, uh, that thought she was a, a wolf. And so she, like, she goes out, and uh, this is a normal lady, but she goes out like, into, the, like, into the woods and, and like, crawls around and like, licks herself and all that stuff. She thinks, she thinks she's a wolf. It's, it's insane. Um, but, but they identify, these, this is the point, is that they identify with this creature, and so they want to take on the characteristics, they want to look like it, they want to talk like it, all of those different things. And so, um, and so this is how they identify themselves, and really it's based on a truth that they believe. Uh, our beliefs and our belief system kind of manifest themselves by what, by what we do or what, uh, or what, we, what we let out. And so uh, f- physical characteristics are one way that we're able to identify or be identified. Would you agree with that? So let's, let's put up, uh, I think I gave you guys a picture or a video. Is the picture, okay, so, so here's a Rolex and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk through. So there's, there's ways to identify uh, a real Rolex and a fake Rolex. I, I'm, I think everyone knows this and I'm sorry, I'm in your guys' way here. Um, but... There's certain physical characteristics that make up a Rolex, okay, that make it authentic or genuine. And so it's, it's the way that it looks physically, so there's physical characteristics that you could see. And then this is interesting, is you could also, you could also uh, identify a fake uh, or a fraud from a real Rolex by the way that it moves. Maybe you know this, that the hand, the hand or the second hand um, for a fake Rolex, it kind of like moves jaggedly, okay? Uh, for a real Rolex, uh, for those of you that, that are, uh, are interested in getting one, uh, it, it's, a smooth, it's, a, it's a smooth movement, okay? The point of what I'm saying is that it's easily identified by what it looks like, physical characteristics. You understand what I'm saying? So I could, we could look at a fake Rolex and be, because of their physical characteristics, I could identify and say, yeah, this is not real, right? Likewise, uh, you can identify that it is real. So really, it's uh, the physical characteristics or the things that you're able to see that ultimately give an indication, okay? It gives an indication of authenticity. Um, I, I, was, uh, I, I, was, I was fortunate to go to the All-Star game, and I thought this was interesting. I was in the team shop looking for, uh, looking for a souvenir. This was last, uh, last night. Uh, me and my wife were there uh, at Dodger Stadium, and we were looking at some... At, at, at some uh, 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 some collectibles or, you know, something to get. And, um, and there was these two jerseys that looked exactly identical. Uh, and, and one was $200 and the other one was $450. And uh, as I looked at that, it looked exactly the same uh, uh, in, in physical characteristics and all of that kind of stuff. But on the tag of one of it, it said it was a replica. And on the tag of the other, it said that it was authentic. And really, as I thought about this, thinking about this, this thought about uh, the Rolex, is that value is placed on authenticity. And so you may look like something, but the value is not there unless it's authentic or genuine. Uh, and, and I just thought that was crazy, right? And so many of you have heard this, uh, have heard this statement uh, that if it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, and quacks like a duck, then it probably is 
a duck, right? So my, my, my parents used to tell me this all the time when I was, when I was younger and uh, growing up. And I went through identity crisis. I think I told everyone this. I mean, at one point, I thought I was, I, I th- I thought I was a gangster. At another point, I thought I was like, uh, uh, like a greaser. Like I went through all kinds of identity phases, okay? You did too, so don't laugh at me. Uh, you did too. Uh, but, but I, you know, I, I was just, so I wanted to identify with, with what I believe to be true for myself, right? And, uh, and, and, and that, that kind of gets us into some issues, um, uh, often. And so, uh, I, I want to look at, at, at the book of Galatians. And before I get into, uh, Galatians, specifically, uh, specifically chapter five, we're going to look at that. Uh, but before I get there, uh, I do want to shout out our youth pastors, Pastor Jacob and Linda Lopez. They, they went through, they're going through a, a one-year uh, one Bible study, uh, but specifically they went through the book of Galatians, and I'm so proud of, I'm so proud of what they're doing uh, with, our youth, with our youth and teaching them the Bible. So, so tonight I'm going to be preaching out of Galatians 5 for those reach youth that are in the room. Uh, I expect you to, to, you know, maybe catch on a little bit faster what I'm saying here. Um, but before I go there, I want to kind of give an overview of, of Galatians, okay? So, um, so the first thing is that in, in Galatians, uh, Paul is writing this, this letter to the churches in Galatia to talk about some of the, not, not necessarily their behavior, but their belief system. So he's, he's really addressing their belief system because uh, s- someone has gotten into, uh, into, in, into their ear and has, start to, has started to put uh, some rules and regulations, religion and ritualism in, uh, in, in, their, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in their doctrine. And so you see Paul here uh, kind of addressing the, the, the churches in Galatia very seriously. It's not like that friendly kind of fatherly, uh, nurturing Paul in this, in this letter to, to the Galatians. It's actually kind of serious. He kind of gets into it a little bit and he kind of asserts uh, his, his authority and tries to bring correction in this. And so the dominant concern that Paul has to instruct the Galatians uh, was for truth and its bearing on life. He wanted to infuse truth, true doctrine, biblical doctrine into their lives so that it could impact what they're doing. See, Paul is dealing with true Christian belief, which is foundational to behavior. This is what I mean. Or let me say it this way. Uh, We do what we believe to be true and are identified by what we do. I'm going to say that one more time. We do what we believe to be true and are identified by what we do like our fruit. Okay, so so based on what, just looking at this, you've not touched it, you've not opened it or anything like this. What is this? How do you know it's a banana? The shape, the color, experience, and all, all of that kind of stuff, right? And so the Bible has called each and every one of us as Christians to be fruitful. And so what we believe to be, what, what we believe to be true and, are identif- and uh, we do what we believe to be true and are identified by what we do. So this fruit, uh, because of the physical characteristics, the colors and all of that kind of stuff, we could determine that this is a banana and that this is fruitful for ourselves, right? I, I, I want to tell you that in the New Testament, the Bible talks about the Christian being a fruitful individual. 
And really what that means is that you're of benefit to someone else. So I want you to kind of think about this tonight. The life that you're living and what you're producing out of your life. Are you of benefit to someone else? Are you of benefit to your family? Are you of benefit to the people on your job? Are you, are you of benefit even to your brothers and sisters here in church? This is an indication. This is how we're identified if, uh, that, that we're fruitful. So something very, very practical that I, that, I want to, that, that I want to get to before we get into the instruction here. Um, I've talked about this before to, to our leadership team. Um, there's a book called Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear. This is, not a, a, this is not a spiritual book at all, okay? This is very practical life applications. Would you guys put up that, that chart here? I want to show you three things to do, just very, very simple at a very practical level, Okay. So there's, there's three layers of behavior change. So if there's things that you want to change in your life, there's three layers of it. And, uh, and, and this, is, this is right in line with what, what, with what Paul is talking about to the Galatians. But listen to this. Very, very basic, very, very applicable to each and every one of our lives, okay? Uh, the, the first layer is changing your outcome. So this is what this means. Like, hey, I want to be, uh, I want to lose weight. That, Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. But you aspire to be someone that, that loses weight, okay? So, so that first layer is, uh, is what they're calling the outcome. So uh, I, I want to I, I identify or I want to do things that are going to change my outcome, right? Maybe I'm overweight. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm unhealthy. My, my blood sugar levels are higher. Whatever that is, uh, my outcome is that I want to get better in that situation. That, that's the first layer, okay? The second layer is a process change. So, so this layer is, is, uh, has to do with your routines or your systems in, which, in, in what you do, okay? That's a process change. That, like I want to change uh, a certain thing about my behavior, and I'm going to set these processes in place, okay? The, the third layer, which is the most important layer, which is the most, uh, which is the most beneficial layer, is, uh, is, the, uh, is changing your identity. And so this is now connected to who we are as individuals. So this level is concerned with changing our beliefs, our worldview, our self-image, or even our judgments about ourselves and others. Listen to this. Most of our beliefs and assumptions and biases we hold on to are associated at this level. And so if you're looking to, if you're looking to establish behavioral change in your life, you have to identify with what you want to do. Now, what does that mean exactly? You guys could put that, you guys could take that down. Very, very basically. If you want to be a person of prayer, how many of us want to be a person of prayer? Okay, so, so the way that you change behavior, because maybe today there's a gap between you wanting to be a person of prayer and, uh, uh, and who you are today, right? So there's that gap, like I aspire to be this intercessor, but there's this gap here that I'm doing, I'm failing to, to pray as, as often as I need to do. So, so this, is what, this is what you need to do in this identity-based uh, um, uh, habit change, okay? So you need to start doing things that reiterate or emphasize that you are a person of prayer. What does that mean exactly? That means you need to start waking up in the morning and pray. Now, I, I would say, like, don't start with this great aspiration to be, you know, to, to pray for an hour, to two hours, or three hours. I would say uh, m b your aspiration should be that you wake up and you pray for just a couple of minutes. Just a couple of minutes. I'm going to have, um, I'm gonna have my, my prayer requests here. I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for my, my, my loved ones, whatever it is. And you start doing that. Every time you do that, you are reinforcing your identity as an intercessory prayer warrior. You understand what I'm saying? If you want to, if if you want to be, uh, if you want to read the Bible more, which we've said this uh, very, very, very frequently, that uh, uh, most Christians 
are illiterate as it comes to the Bible. We don't read the Bible as much as we should be. Uh, so, uh, hey, I want to be, uh, be a person of the word, right? I want to be a person of the word, which is foundational to living a Christian, uh, a Christian life. But uh, I want to be a person of the word. And so you want to identify that way. So every single time that you wake up in, in the morning or you take your lunch break and you go and read the word, you're reinforcing your identity that I'm a person that reads the Bible. I'm a person that values the Bible, okay? So very, very basic. You guys are all following me with, with this. Very, 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 very practical. So uh, outcomes are about what you get. Processes are about what you do. But identity, this is so important. Identity uh, is about what you believe. If you believe that reading the word of God is important, then you'll do these things to implement this change into your life, to value the word of God, right? To, To increase value of the word of God. If you believe that prayer is important or vital to your life, then you'll begin to start doing things that reinforce that prayer is an important part of my life. I want to identify as a person of prayer. You guys follow me here? All right. So Galatians, and I kind of get into this and just got a few minutes here, but Galatians, uh, first, it's the root of every Christian's Christianity is God's supply of his Holy Spirit to that person. So first and foremost, uh, the, the basic root of Christianity is that we would live by the Spirit, all right? I know this is very, very basic, uh, but, but uh, I love what our pastor says often. He says that we're naturally supernatural. And so uh, oftentimes when we get into a place like this, we want this, this really deep teaching and, and this deep revelation. I'm here to exhort you that you just begin to start living in the Spirit, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, if you just begin to start understanding and having a close walk with the Holy Spirit and being aware and sensitive to the Holy Spirit, your life will absolutely change. Your life will turn upside down. Some of you guys, some of you guys agree with that. So nothing other than faith is necessary for salvation. Basic. So in uh, anything, any teaching outside of that is heresy. We understand that. The second thing in Galatians is the way in which every Christian matures is the desires of God's Spirit who indwells each and every one of us. So when a Christian has a life by faith in Christ, we are free from all other bondage, that of the flesh, that's our sinful human nature, and that of religion and rituals. Listen to this. If we're living by the Spirit, we have the power to master the flesh. I want to say this one more time. If you're living, if, if your life is dominant, by fleshly behaviors, you're not living in the spirit. It's very, it's very, very simple. If you're living in the spirit, you have the power to master the flesh and the fleshly desires in your life. When a Christian has a life by faith in Christ, we're free from all other bondages and we have the power to, to master this flesh. And so this is what I wanna say to you tonight. If you're struggling and, and, and uh, struggling with, with deep-rooted issues in your life, things that you can't get victory from, I'm here to challenge you and tell you that you're probably not living in the spirit. You may, you may be coming to church, you may identify you may identify, you may look like a Christian, you may come to church all the time, but you're not living in the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So you're, you're like living in this bondage that's, that's, that's consistently holding you down, but you put on this front. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so yeah, you guys are starting to follow me here. So we, we, we have the ability as we're living out of the Spirit to master the flesh. So this isn't obviously a license to sin, okay? So you can't just go do what you want to do. 
But God's spirit enables each and every one of us to obey. So it's the temptation that comes and then the power of the Holy Spirit that's indwelling us gives us the obedience to say, or the power to say, not gonna do that, gonna be obedient to the Lord, right? And, 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 and now we're just functioning this way, okay? So in short, we're free to obey God, not to disobey him. When the spirit dwells within us, God's life in us bears fruit as we follow the influences of the Holy Spirit Listen to this, but if we quench or grieve the Spirit, we stifle his production of fruit in our lives. Paul says this to the, to the Thessalonians, do not, do not quench the Spirit. I wanna, I wanna tell you tonight that there's times where the Holy Spirit quickens you. There's times where you find yourself in a situation that is questionable, yes? And the Holy Spirit quickens you. The Holy Spirit will move in you, okay? This is how we stifle the Holy Spirit. This is how we quench the Spirit of God, is that we're not obedient in those moments, that we succumb to whatever it is that our flesh wants or that, that we desire to do. Okay, so listen to this. You impede, you impede the progress of the Holy Spirit in sanctification, making us more and more like Christ every single day. We impede that progress by not being obedient. We quench the Spirit when we're not obedient to the, word, uh, to, to the Holy Spirit. And so, listen, if you want to be identified as a person that walks in the Spirit, right, we all want to be, I, I believe at a certain level, want to be identified as, as a spiritual person, right, that we're uh, not necessarily religious, but we're, we're people of God, right? We want to be identified by that. This is one way that you could do it, is stop quenching the Holy Spirit in your life. Begin to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit quickens you, you respond to that, uh, you respond to that and you allow the Holy Spirit to continue its work. It's not perfection, but it's progression. You understand what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're progressively working towards the sanctification, allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work in us. And then the third part of Galatians, again, is the fruit that every Christian produces uh, is the evidence of God's Spirit triumphing or winning over the flesh and so the principle of this fruit is love, and the works of the flesh are the fruit of religion and ritualism. Listen to this. Fruit arises from life, and works result from ritualism. So in the, in, in, in the Galatian church, uh, there was this sect of people that came in and started saying, hey, that's cool that you're free, it's cool that you have faith in, in Jesus Christ, but you have to be true to your Hebrew roots, we're talking about Gentiles. We have to be true to our Hebrew roots, and we have to do this thing, that thing, and the other thing. Now, it, for us, it's very easy. We, we look at that and we say, well, yeah, you don't have to, like, sacrifice animals anymore. You don't have to do all that kind of stuff. But in modern day, religion kind of creeps into our church, and we start to say that you have to do this thing, that thing, or the other thing to really be able to live your life as a Christian. And that's, that's false. That is absolutely false, okay? So here it is, Galatians 5 verse 16, uh, and I'm gonna read all the way through it, and then we're gonna break it, we're gonna break it out. Um, verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Anybody, anybody ever experienced that? Yes, constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We all want to do good, but we struggle with that, and Paul talks about that. Verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are, no, uh, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, listen to this, 
the results are very clear. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. You're able to see the fruit of, that, of, those, uh, of those decisions. And then he lists them. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. I'm gonna stop right there. Why is it... Uh, I'll just keep reading on, then I'll come back to it. Uh, the second, the uh, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again. Here's here's clear instruction. Here's Paul. Let me tell you again, as I as I have before. He's reminding them that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. If we're living, if, if this is manifesting in our lives, then we're living out of the flesh and none of us will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to, to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So the first thing I want to look at is the works of the flesh, or, the, or really the works of the flesh is really... The, the, the fruit of the flesh. I said the works of the flesh. Works of the flesh is really the fruit of the flesh. And so, verse 19, there's, depending on what translation you read, there's 15 to 17, but basically it's like this, it, it's just this laundry list of things that our flesh produce as fruit. And I want to tell you this, that uh, our sinful human nature will always produce ugly works. Our, our sinful human uh, uh, nature will always produce uh, ugly, ugly works. It's interesting that in verse 19 that Paul starts out with sexual sins. I, I want to give you context here. The reason that Paul starts out with sexual sins, number one, is it's one of the most binding, uh, arresting kind of sins that all of us struggle with. Specifically for the Galatians, understand that the pagan, the, the, the pagan background in which they came out of uh, sexual immorality was all, it, it, was, it was all over the place. I mean, it was just, it was just uh, intertwined in, into their culture. And so he's first starting with this because, number one, it's one of the most binding things. It's one of the most binding things. We, we struggle with this. This is something that keeps so many people down, keeps so many people out of, out of really fulfilling all that God has is these sexual sins that we just can't get uh, out of. I, I, I went and did a word study of lasciviousness, which means basically what, 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 uh, what Paul calls uh, um, uh, uh, lustful pleasures. Uh, and what that means is insati insatiable sexual desires. Uh, I've been talking about this, been talking about this with, with, uh, with the leadership team and our pastoral team, and understanding uh, uh, the grip that sexual sin has on so many people, so many of us. The, the industry, the, 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 and, and I just say, uh, the porn industry, if you, took, if you took all of these big businesses, Disney, Amazon, all these big businesses, and you took their revenue and you put it all together, it, it does not add up to what the porn industry ha has, uh, the revenue that the porn industry produces. 
I really want you to kind of think about, think about this and why does Paul talk about the works of the flesh and start with sexual sin? We, we have to live in the spirit to master the flesh. To, the temptation's gonna come and these things are gonna come against us, but we have to be able to subdue that because we're living in the, we're, we're living in the spirit and not in the flesh. It's very, very important. I, I, I'll go on. Uh, So really, so, so Paul breaks this down in, in three kind of sections. The first one is sexual sins. The next one is religious sins. And, and this, is like, uh, this is like idolatry. Uh, it's very simple. We understand that idolatry is anything that you put before God. Uh, this, is, this is something that, that's uh, relevant, I think, to the culture is witchcraft. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul talks about witchcraft. And witchcraft is, uh, is very crafty these days. Uh, but it intertwines in our, in our culture uh, kind of in a way where you can't really see it. Uh, things like uh, palm reading, things like medium and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I would even go so far, and some of you are gonna be mad at me, but like the Enneagram thing is kind of like, kind of a, kind of a thing. Uh, all of these things are, are, uh, are witchcraft, and it's all, it's, it's all uh, uh, denounced right here and what Paul is talking about. Uh, the next thing are the societal sins, and this is like uh, anger and, and hostility, uh, outbursts of anger, dis- dissension. Let me talk about dissension real quick. Dissension is rebellion. This, this is the work of the flesh. So if you're like, some, some of us kind of like wear that like a badge of honor, like we're, 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 we rebel against a man or something like that. I, I want to tell you that's a work of the flesh. It's sinful and, uh, and, it's, it, it, and it's divisive and uh, it's, it's, it's dishonorable. And then the last thing is, is imperative sins and other sins. So talking about all of these works of the flesh. Okay, the second thing that I want to I look at real quick is, uh, so the first thing is that it's the works of the flesh that, that Paul starts to denounce, right? The second thing that I want to I share with each and every one of us is, is the sin of unfruitfulness. The sin of unfruitfulness. So, so works of the flesh produce fruit of the flesh, right? So, okay, so let's say, all right, uh, I, I kind of got that mastered. But what are you doing today, and are you fruitful in your life? This is a big, this is a big thing. See, a lot of people say that if you, a lot of people think that if you stay neutral, you're good. Uh, and, and, and Jesus actually condemns unfruitfulness. So let's look at this real quick. And, and really the context is, the backdrop is, uh, is Jesus as he condemns or curses the fig tree. Most of us know that story. Now, if, if you go, and you can go and read this, and I'm not gonna read it for the sake of time. I'm just gonna paraphrase it all. Uh, in Matthew 28 and Mark 11, kind of share this story. But this is the context of it. And we're talking about bearing, not bearing fruit. This is the context of it, that Jesus comes in and it's the triumphal entry. We all know that story. So as he walks, as he enters into Jerusalem, that all of the people hail him as the Messiah, the one that was going to come, right? And so there's this big party and everyone's excited about Jesus coming in. What does Jesus do immediately when he enters Jerusalem? He goes straight to the temple. What does he do when he goes to the temple? He starts flipping chairs and casts judgment on what's going on. There's this, there's this kind of like, there's this kind of like facade of, hey, we're for Jesus. Hey, we're for the Messiah. Hey, we're celebrating this. Hey, we're religious. We understand all that's going on. But when you go upon further inspection, when he goes to the temple, he sees that, he's, that, that the people have turned the temple into a den of thieves is what he calls it. And so there's this facade that, hey, uh, we're all good. Hey, we love it. We're, this is all great. And then he goes to the, to the temple and he sees that you're rotten from the inside out. 
Fast forward to the fig tree. Now the fig tree, just so you understand this for context, the fig tree is symbolic or representative of Israel. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's, a, national, uh, it's a national symbol of, of Israel. And so when Jesus, the Bible says, if you read that, as he's walking through, he notices this fig tree and it says that the fig tree is in full leaf. What that means is that it looks like it's ready to be harvested. So from a distance, it looks good. And so because of that, he goes over to, the, over to the tree, and upon further inspection, he finds that there's no fruit. What does he do when, when he finds out there's no fruit? He curses it, and it withers away, and it, and it dies. Now, this is prophetic. This, this is a prophetic declaration that he's making here about the people of Israel. And if you understand this, uh, all throughout the Old Testament and the prophets, they're talking about the the people of Israel as being fruitful or being fruitless, right? And and, and really, this is a a prophetic declaration of unfruitfulness. If you're not fruitful, you're sent out and cast into into judgment. And so, so Jesus is making a judgment here based on a facade it looks good, it looks all nice on the outside, but as we go and we inspect further, we find that it's, it's just a facade. There's nothing real there, it's fake. It's interesting, I was thinking about this. Uh, Jesus cast judgment on the wicked servant that uh, went and buried his talent, right? What does he tell the wicked servant that went and buried his talent? He says, you're gonna be cast out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is so direct in unfruitfulness. And I think we, I, I think we gloss over this a lot uh, too often and we miss the significance of allowing our lives to produce fruit in our lives. And so this is the judgment of unfruitfulness that, we would, uh, that, that, that Christ uh, is looking to inspect us beyond what we, beyond what we, what we put out in, into, uh, into the world, beyond what we put out. He's looking at us and he's looking What's going on? Think, think about this. In the, in the temple, there was lots of action. There was lots of bustle. There was a lot of things going on, but there was no righteousness. Many, many of our lives, there's a lot of activity that looks very Christian. But Jesus said that we would know them by their fruits. And so we're looking at fruitfulness, and, and, and in many cases, there's, there's a lot left to be desired. This last thing is, is this, and and this is really where I, I want to I help some people. If you're living your life and you're constantly in chaos and struggle and, and, uh, and I, we use this word, like we fall into sin, right? Like, like, oh, we didn't see that trap and we just fall. Like, that's not, that's not real. You choose to be in sin, okay? Like, you choose that, okay? Um, but but, but this, this is what it is. If, we can, if we're constantly living in this up and down life, right, where, where uh, we're constantly fighting with our flesh, we're constantly falling into these different things, I want to tell you that God has given each and every one of us an answer, and the answer is his Holy Spirit. We have to begin to start living out of this place and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in our lives. Uh, here, ultimately, we have to produce the fruit of the Spirit in verses 22, Galatians 5, 22, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I believe that many of us, we struggle with self-control. 
We just don't have the discipline in our lives anymore. And, and, and uh, uh, quite honestly, once we begin to, once we get in the cycle of sin, the cycle of making bad choices, these habits of making bad choices, it just becomes like the path of least resistance. And then we start to like, we start to fall into like this place of like, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, God does know your heart. It's wicked. And because of that, we need, we need Christ. We need God. And, and so I, I, I want to say this as, 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 we, as we wrap this up. I want to say this, that there are those here tonight that are living in the Spirit. And, and you are producing great fruit. I, I, again, I talked about our, our, our leadership here and so many others that lead teams, maybe not part of our leadership team, but lead teams and all of that. Uh, awesome people, faithful people, people that produce the Spirit, right? Fruits of the Spirit. But there's also many of us that are sitting in this room that are just battling. We just can't like, we, again, we aspire to be this person, but that gap is just so wide. And it almost feels impossible. And I wanna tell you, in yourself, it absolutely is impossible. You, you can't fulfill the law of God. You can't fulfill, and there's nothing that you could do to, to fill that gap. The only way that you could fill that gap is by allowing the Holy Spirit to come into your life and empower you, right? And as we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and we begin to start to produce the fruit of the Spirit, we begin to become identified as people of the Spirit. This is so, empower this is so empowering to, to, to many of you, and I really want you to catch this tonight, that you no longer have to, have to live this life uh, like the Galatians. It was like this, these rituals and these religions and all this burden that they poured on to these people that had found this new freedom in Christ. It's the same way for us that, that we're burdened with this brokenness of, in humanity and we're trying to live out our lives and live out this, this Christian aspiration in our own power and we're frustrated because we continue to fall short. I want to tell you that God is here, that God's Holy Spirit wants to empower you, empower you to be the person not only that you aspire to be, but be the person that God has called each and every one of us to be. So I'm, I'm gonna ask you if you would bow your head and close your eyes here. And I want you to consider just a couple of things here. I want you, I talked about a lot of things, but really there's, there's, there's kind of three questions that you have to ask yourself. Number one is, am I producing fruit of the flesh? Is the works of the flesh dominant in my life? And is that what is manifesting in my life? Now, this is a time to be honest with yourself. This is so important because I believe that there's, a, there's an opportunity here for many of us to walk in freedom. So the first thing is, am I producing fruit of the flesh? Am I being dominated by works of the flesh? And this is sexual immorality. This is uh, rebellion and, and envy and all, all of these different things. The second question that you have to ask yourself is, am I being fruitful? If I'm not living in the flesh, if I'm not producing these fruits of the flesh, okay, that's, that's good. But my question to you is, are you being fruitful? Are you being of benefit to other people in your life? Are other people able to, 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 to gain sustenance or substance from your life? Are you producing that, that fruit? And if you're not being fruitful, understand that God is here, that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is going to inspect your life. So you might be putting on a facade, you might be doing all of these things, but but the Holy Spirit is here and inspecting each and every one of our lives. And the third thing is this, is that 
if we want to be identified as people of the Spirit that we're easily identified because there's fruit that's evident in our lives. Those are three things that you, that you have to consider. So the first thing I, w- I want to ask, maybe there's some people here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I, I feel like my life is just dominated, dominated by the works of the flesh. I am a, we call it a carnal person, right? Like I just, that's all I do. I just, I can't get past some of this. I, I believe that there's people here sitting in this room and statistically speaking, I, I, I can say this in confidence, that there's people that are bound to sexual sin that's sitting in this room that you need freedom. And the only way, listen, the only way you're gonna get freedom is that you release that to God and you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come into you, to enable you, to empower you, to live the life that, you, that, that God's called you to live. And so if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, uh, I, I, I don't have the Holy Spirit in my life. I can easily identify that because I don't see the fruits of the Spirit that are manifest in my life. My life is chaos. My, my life is full of, 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 of fighting and quarreling and all this kind of stuff. Um, if you're here tonight, I, I want you to acknowledge that because I believe that God is here and God wants to grace you. God wants to empower you. God wants to help you. So maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, you know, Pastor Isaac, I'm not living for God. I, I've, I, I, I'm, I'm living for myself. I'm quite honestly, I, I just, it's easy for me to identify this. I'm living for myself. If you're here tonight and, and you want to make that right with God, you want to, you want to submit that to God. I want you to lift your hand just real quick. Just say, I, I'm, I'm here. I see hands going up all over the place fast. That was quick. That was quick. Who else? There's more here. Hands going up all over the place. Yeah. Works of the flesh. I'm dominated by works of the flesh. I see, I see all those hands. You guys could put those hands down. Thank you so much for your honesty. Anybody else? I just, I want to give just, just a moment. Anybody else? There's fast response. I mean, I, I believe the Holy Spirit is here. More hands going up. Praise God. So first things first, we want to get, we want to get this right. So I'm going to ask if you would, everyone just stand with me here. Come on, just stand with me real quick. Many of you that lifted your hands tonight and you're saying, hey, I, I, I aspire to be a person of the Spirit. I aspire to walk in the power of God. I aspire to live for the Lord. You acknowledge that with a, with, with a raised hand. I'm going to ask you if you would, without thinking about it, just get out of your seat and come and meet me right here. Just come and stand right here. Just don't even think about it. Don't worry about who's looking at you. Come on, just, just get out of your seat. Come right here. Appreciate your honesty. Yeah, come, come right here. God, God is good. God is good. I saw some other hands. Anybody else? You want to come? You want to you come and be a part of this? Come on, right up here power of God. God's going to help us. Anybody else want to give this opportunity? I'm going to pray for a lot of things tonight, but just want to give this opportunity. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. This is, uh, this is powerful, right? We don't have to live in shame like the works of the flesh. The things that we do are so shameful and we we have to live with that and we almost have to like apologize for it. We don't have to live that way. God is going to empower you to live the life that he's called you to live. I, 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 I promise you that. All right. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This is a prayer of salvation. This, you're acknowledging your need for God and we're going to ask the Lord into our lives. There's nothing, there's nothing necessarily special about 
the words that I'm giving you, but it's a dedication in your heart that I'm no longer going to identify with who I was. I'm no longer going to identify with that sin, whatever it is. I'm not going to identify that with that. I'm going to identify as a person of the Spirit, right? So I'm going to give you the words. I want you to repeat them out loud. You're not saying them to me. You're not saying them to anyone here. You're saying them to the Lord, okay? So if you would just bow your head, bow your head with me. Say, Father, I acknowledge my sin. And I acknowledge the need for a Savior. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I ask you to forgive my sin and empower me by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. If I can get to church, just, just reach your hands forward and we're going to pray real quick. I'm going to ask our prayer team to pray with them. This is, what I wanna, this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask specifically, those of you that are praying, I want you to ask specifically if there's something that, that we're praying for, I want to believe God for complete freedom tonight. So whatever that is, give with them. I want you to, I want you to minister to them. Let's, let's, bring, let's bring them closer. I want to talk to the church. In another place in your life, if you could look at your life and say, I'm not necessarily producing the fruit that I know that I should be producing in my life. This is not, this is not some ambiguous, hard thing to tell. You could very easily, quickly identify whether you are producing fruit of the Spirit. If you are not producing fruit of the Spirit, I want you to get out of your seat and acknowledge, God, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need you to begin to help me to, to be a fruitful Christian. If you're here tonight and, and that's your prayer, I want you to just get out of your seat and find a place right here. Come on, just get out of your seat. Just walk down here. I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to produce good fruit in my life. I'm not producing the fruit that I know that I'm supposed to be. My life is, is all jacked up. It's just, it's inconsistent with what I believe to be true. My life is inconsistent with what I believe to be true. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me here. Come on, just get out of your seat. They're going to lead us in the song of worship. I'm going to pray for many of you. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.